0: On your PC, iPod or smartphone, this is the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Coming up on the ninth edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast for 2016, we catch up with cross-code athlete Jenna McCormick and new Melbourne Demons recruit Amy Chitty. I'm Peter Holden and welcome to the girlsplayfooty.com podcast, our 43rd podcast overall. A very short edition today, just the two interviews. Our first one is with a cross-code athlete Jenna McCormick, who pulled on the Brisbane Lions jumper just a few weeks ago as the Lions took on the Suns in the women's Q clash. She was the leading goal scorer for the day, but she is also a soccer player. She was recently playing in the W League with Canberra United, and as we speak, is currently over in Iceland playing women's soccer over there. Now, we caught up with Jenna about a week or so ago, and the first question we asked. Was about her footy journey, which, if we, in fact we're right, started in South Australia.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm actually originally from Mount Gambia, which is a little country town, um, five hours south of Adelaide, and um, yeah, did all my growing up there, and um, that's pretty much where my love of footy began. Uh, you know, in the country down there in South Australia. So, um, yeah, and as it as it turned out, I just moved up to Adelaide for the. End of, my, end of my schooling and then, um, up into Brisbane just at the start of last year and then worked my way into the Queensland Academy footy side and, yeah.
0: For you, when did you first uh, put on the footy boots? Uh, did you end up taking part in Kick all those years ago in Gambia? Gambier?
1: Yeah, Kick, and, um, you know, those kick-to-kick things and all that sort of stuff that I was pretty much involved in, but I, um... Yeah, mum didn't let me play any competitive footy with the boys down there because, you know, she, she she was concerned it was too rough and stuff. So I unfortunately missed out there but um you know, it was soon enough that women's footy came into the came into the into the world really and developed as developed as a sport and got a little bit more recognition and stuff like that. So I was able to sort of just slip into a female sort of side of it when I was about 15,
0: 16. And when you finally did uh, start playing senior women's footy? That do they first begin in the SAWFL?
1: Yeah, yeah, it first began there, and um, I my club is Morfa um Footy Club, and they sort of started out with like an under eighteen sort of like nine a side thing, you know, back when back a couple of years ago. Now when the numbers weren't so great, and I just sort of got to have a run around there, and then yeah, basically I just moved up moved up then here to Brizzy um, and started playing with Cooperroo
0: I guess that begs the question, you've been a bit lucky haven't you to, to land into two great football clubs that have had a lot of premiership success Morfordville Park in South Australia and obviously Cooperroo up in Queensland.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty good and the support you get um, as a whole from the club and stuff, you know, basically sets you up for success and you know allows you to have fun and do your best and stuff like that so yeah two very good footy clubs and very well respected as well so yeah it's just good to be part of them
0: now you kicked three in the game against the Gabba. were you always a natural forward
1: i don't really know if i was a natural forward or not but i do love getting forward and sort of have that sort of sniff for goal so um i guess that i could work with that um you know to my advantage in a way but I've also always sort of liked to find myself in the middle of the park, sort of on the ball and in and amongst it all. But yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed having a run up front and sort of putting away a couple of goals. And yeah, yeah that was a really good experience.
0: Now said obviously that you moved up to Queensland to play at Coop uh, What year did you first begin playing in the uh, Queensland Women's League?
1: Yeah, last year, 2015 was my first year here. Um, And it was basically my first year back at footy as well because I had a couple of years off in South Australia just because it didn't sort of line up, it didn't line up with my um, soccer commitments and that's always kind of taken a priority given that there is um, pathways already existing for soccer and a little bit more opportunity and stuff like that. So yeah, soccer's kind of always been that sort of number one priority for me and but. Then I moved up here and sort of things started working out and I got the opportunity to join up with Cooparoo and then just play a couple of games and, yeah, getting back into it. And it's just, I've just been loving being back into the sport and, yeah, just running around and having fun and having a kick with all the girls and stuff like that.
0: I guess that's the one thing that we need to ask. Obviously, Brianna Davey in Melbourne is facing the same challenge, even on the cricket side, Emma Carney, playing WBBL over summer and then having to play footy during winter. How do you try and balance that commitment of uh, playing one sport during summer but also having to, I guess, do a little bit of pre-season training and be ready for football during the winter?
1: Yeah, I guess you could say that it's a little bit challenging just because the two sports are quite different, different physically, you know, demanding and, you know, you're using all these different muscles and different mindset as well is, is the big thing. But, um, I think as long as you enjoy both of them, it's pretty easy to transition. I mean, you can use the fitness gain from footy and, um, and the experience gained there and throw that into your soccer and leading into the W league. And the main thing really is just changing your mindset and getting back to the soccer mindset and, you know, thinking about all those different things that you need to think about. Whereas, you know, in footy, you may not be thinking about those things. So it's, I guess I would probably like to say that it's fairly manageable just to switch the two codes um, yeah there's also giving a love there for both the sports so there's the desire to want to play sort of both both sports and I think that yeah when it comes around to pre-season for soccer and the end of the end of the footy season you may have to miss out on a couple of games and last year I had to I unfortunately got to miss out on the final for the um Quaffle final here with Cooper. Roo. but um that was, you know, not sort of my choice. I had to make that sacrifice get coming into the W League season. So there's a couple of sacrifices, but all in all, it's just grateful to be able to play both sports.
0: And hey, talk about the sacrifices. Um, how difficult is it to obviously pick up and move life? Because we're not talking about the big Adelaide to Brisbane move, but just spending um, summers in Canberra, winters in Brisbane.
1: Yeah, look, it is challenging, and um, there's you know always something that pops up that makes it difficult, but. I think you know when you've got good people around you and good support network and stuff that it just makes it so much easier and moving down to Canberra for the summer was chilly at the start and then you know (laughs) hot at some points as well but we just enjoyed um I just enjoyed the club and um yeah they they do support you 100% down there and make sure you've got everything you need and stuff so they do make it really really easy for you and it's just the opportunity that you've you've been given and moving into state really the grand scheme of things isn't that big of a deal when you've still got your family that you can call and you've still got, you know, your friends you can you can ring and have a chat to and stuff and it's you know, at the end of the day it's only a short period of time and you're there for a job and you're there to do to do what you do best and I think that once once that opportunity's been given to you, you really just have to take it and go with the flow, sort of thing.
0: Uh, when were you first invited to the Queensland Women's Academy?
1: Um, that was just Craig Stachowicz, the coach, um, just contacted me after my first game with the Footy Club, just you know normal round game. Um, I think he saw a bit of potential there and or a bit of skill or you know talent there, and contacted me and said, we will just to be a part of it. Come out to a couple of trainings and stuff like that, and we'll sort of get you going." And then um, yeah, I was. Got to travel to Sydney with the with the open team and um, play in sort of our open women's friendly game against um, the Sydney and the New, uh, the New South Wales and the ACT side, and that was that was a good experience to sort of step up to another level and a little bit challenging and hard to work your way into. But I think that you know the step up and the quality of footy around in this country is just is just crazy. And you know if this league next year goes ahead, it's going to be it's going to be really good because there's so much talent around and it's definitely going to catch the eye of fans of footy for sure.
0: As they always say, we're our own worst critic, but um, if you if you were to have a look at your own game, uh, what would you think that you would like to improve on heading into the National League next year?
1: Um, just because I don't get enough time really to put into footy and to practice on improving and stuff like that, I probably honestly just want to develop wholeheartedly I you know I've, I've got natural good sort of kicking and handballing skills and stuff like that but my mental game and sort of the the thinking of the strategies and that sort of side of things I've never really had to think about because I've always kind of just played for fun and played you know because I've gone out there and I've just been able to run around and just enjoy myself so I think that my mental side and um, as I said thinking about the strategies and the um you know the tactical side of things I'd probably like to develop that side of myself on just yeah given that I've always sort of had to put my time into soccer and thinking of thinking about that in that way and just footy's always been my great escape and get out onto the park and just sort of run around and have fun but yeah when this national league sort of comes in you're going to have to really take it take it as a full-time you know sort of job for that period of time and really just that's probably what I'll, I'm going to need to work on, and but there's obviously you know going to be great coaches and great support stuff around that's going to be able to provide me with that help, and I think yeah once I have got that down pat I'll be pretty happy with all areas of my game.
0: You talk about the mental side of things. Do you think you had the edge in that game at the Gabba, considering that you're a professional sportswoman, you've been playing um, soccer on some of the uh, professional grounds throughout Australia, so you're used to stepping in front of a crowd, stepping in front of a professional venue, where some girls might have felt a little bit lost, you know, for the first time being on the Gabba in front of a crowd so big of 4,000 people?
1: Yeah, I guess that's maybe does play a little bit of a part um, in your preparation and stuff like that. I think that... You know, you, when you've been already exposed to the situations where you've been put under pressure, and you need to really sort of um, compose yourself and think about the game and block everything out, it's um, obviously yeah, taking it taking a little bit of the pressure off me. But in saying that, I still get nervous, and I still I was still really nervous and wanting to perform. You know, at my best is kind of was at the front, forefront of my mind, and I just really wanted to do well. Given that we've all been given this opportunity to run out under the gabba and you know put footy jerseys on, you know for once is it, it, it was it was a lot of pressure, and um, I'm sure that most of the girls who aren't used to a lot of that pressure um, did feel did feel like may it may have affected them a little bit more. But um, yeah, basically, it's it's all about the build up and. You're, it's okay to be nervous sort of you know before the game but once you get out there if it doesn't go away straight away then you've really got to sort of work on that that side of things and and keeping it all under control and composed and stuff but yeah for me once I just once I got out there it was just a matter of finding my feet and finding you know your position and getting out there and just just doing what you do without the thought of you know wow I'm at the Gabba wow so many people sort of thing so yeah, it was it was it was pretty good to be able to have that background, I guess, and that probably did help me out a little bit.
0: Now, as you said, it's obviously a professional coaching environment within the AFL. So, um, the, for you, what feedback did you get and analysis etc. Uh, from your performance at the Gabba? And obviously, to try and give you as much information you need to try and put your name up for the uh, Queensland side to take on Melbourne.
1: Yeah, well, the guys who looked after Brisbane were obviously very professional and they have a lot of knowledge and footy and um, I was just basically thriving off um, what they were saying and feeding off their feedback and information and I'm always one to really ask questions and learn sort of from my mistakes and what I have to do um, sort of different next time perhaps and they were really good you know you know even if there is a little thing that you could change that would let you know and you'd be able to put that into practice so you know, next year in this league, when it goes ahead and stuff, it's going to be quite a good environment to be in, and lots of girls are going to improve, and they're all going to sort of go to new levels because these coaches that are going to be dealing, you know, dealing with the teams, they've, they've had so much experience already in footy before, in men's footy and women's footy now, and I think that like we've really got the opportunity put out in front of us on on a platter, really, our girls, and we really have to just take this opportunity and you know, not let it sort of go and just realise the importance of what's actually happening for female footy and really just not take it for granted, basically.
0: And we wish Jenna all the very best over in Iceland as she plays women's soccer and hope to have her back in Australia soon, of course playing Aussie rules football. Now to our next guest, from the Northern Territory, Amy Chittick, who's been announced as part of the Melbourne squad. Now, as you're aware in the exhibition match series as it stands, uh, the Melbourne and Western Bulldogs teams are essentially pulling from players from the Victorian Women's uh, Football Academy. Uh, But for this particular round, round two of the exhibition series, they have been sprinkled with a few interstate players. The Western Bulldogs have announced two Tasmanians to join them and for Melbourne it's two Northern Territorians. Angela Foley and of course our guest in Amy Chittick who has of course uh, played for the NT at Youth Girls level. First of all as part of the Thunder Devils where she got a uh, All-Australian Honours in Mandurah last year and then this year's NT's standalone Youth Girls team and of course she represented NT at Open Women's level this year against Tasmania in their match at St Kilda. It's great to have Amy on the line. Amy, congratulations for being uh, selected into the Melbourne squad. Now, first of all, where did your footy journey begin? Uh, so I
2: first started, I was about six years old and I went through Auskick um, for a few years and then played under 10s footy, under 12s footy, um, played a bit of school footy as well, then had a few years off when there wasn't really the, the pathway uh, to continue with footy, but then got involved with the Waratah Football Club Um, I was too young to play for them the first year I was involved with them so I just ran water for them and made my debut for the women's team the next year so it was pretty exciting and yeah, I've just just come from there so it's good.
0: And of course you would have started as uh, an under 18. Was it intimidating being a younger girl uh, stepping up into that senior grade?
2: Yeah it was definitely because we had um, quite a few older players there and it was It was a bit scary for me when I first went to training, and um, there's all these older girls, bigger body girls there, but um, no, they did really well to involve me and make me feel comfortable there, and yeah, it was a great environment, so that's why I kept going back and still there.
0: Now, Waratah has a long history of success. You've won the last five premierships. Uh, With your coach there and your teammates, how do you keep challenging yourself, finding yourself ways to get better, particularly with a side that's just been so dominant through the competition?
2: Oh, uh, the competition here is really stepping up. Um, other clubs are certainly catching us, so it's really important that we We keep doing everything we can to to really keep up with the way the competition's heading because um, it's expanding. We've gone from, we started off with about six teams when I first started playing and we now have nine and possibly ten in the the near future. So the competition's getting bigger, uh, more girls are starting to play and the skill level across the whole competition is increasing. So that's certainly forcing all the teams to, to train harder and pick up their skills, so we we really motivate ourselves by, by challenging ourselves to do better because we know that as the competition evolves, we too have to, so yeah, can't take any shortcuts and always have to keep getting better.
0: Now, of course, uh, here in Victoria and throughout other states and no doubt in the Northern Territory as well, the academy system is now being set up to take those elite women's footballers and try and train them to be uh, at least semi-professional. How have you found for yourself being involved in the NT Women's Academy up there? How's that helped your game?
2: It's really helped my game. Um, One thing I've really wanted to improve is my fitness. Uh, obviously, in the NT, we have the Michael Long Learning and Leadership Centre, which is where all our academy programs are run from. Uh, so we have access to an equipped gym and ice baths, and recovery pools. So I've really been spending a fair bit of time there over the past few months, um, really working on my body and my fitness, my speed. Um, so, yeah, it's been really good that the academy's had access to that, along with our, uh, our academy coaches, um, they've really put a lot of effort into the Youth Girls and the Senior Women Academy program and I think it's really starting to show um, with our results at Youth Girls Nationals and with the Women's Senior Games, so that's really good to see.
0: And, of course, you got picked to play for the senior women's side. Um, How was it having to back up for those two games in three days? Because, of course, you you flew straight in. You played on a Friday night against uh, the Victorian Women's Academy at uh, Collingwood's uh, training venue. And then you backed up two days later to take on the Tasmanians in St Kilda.
2: Yeah, it was certainly tough. Um, Obviously, the Victorians were extremely well-skilled. They moved the ball really well, and it was certainly a good a good um, game for us to to play a different style of footy to what we're normally used to in the NT, which is more that fast-flowing, run-and-carry type of footy. Um, So it was good for us to to have a crack against the Victorian Academy. Um, But, yeah, to play, again, three days later against Tasmania, um, probably the hardest thing was a few sore bodies, I'd say. Um, from having played on Friday night, but I think it was good. We, I was happy with how how the team went, and um, I think a few girls really asserted themselves in terms of um, both their leadership and their on-field ability. So I think it was a really good outcome for the NT.
0: And what turned around that game? Because you were down at three-quarter time and it looked like a, an upset was going to be on the cards that Tasmania were going to roll over the top. But, um, you know, it could easily go one way or the other. What was said, what was done to try and get your girls, not only back in the game, but to run away in that final quarter?
2: Yeah, so when we went into the, uh, the three-quarter time huddle, um, when we split into our line groups, um, our line coach for the forward lines, which is actually um, Andrew Hood from the Melbourne Demons, he was... Um, he actually had a piece of paper and the only thing he had written on it was pride and um, he didn't you know he didn't yell at us he just spoke to us softly and he just said look girls play play with pride play for this jumper remember who you're representing and um, I think that really spurred all the girls on to to give 110 percent in that last quarter to really get us over the line so I mean it was good I think it's what we needed and thankfully we were able to get over the line with our effort.
0: And because you were heading into the youth girls carnival just a few weeks later, what do you felt you were able to take away from that uh, senior match to carry over into the youth girls?
2: I think the on field leadership was something that I really took out of the um, the senior women experience because on the field there was there was not just one leader. Pretty much every single player was a leader, um, and it just goes to show that when you're on the field, it's not just who's the nominated captain or vice captain. It's every person, regardless of your position on the field or experience level. So, at Youth Girls National, something that I really tried to to let the girls know of was that just because you're not officially labeled as a a captain or vice-captain doesn't mean you can't be a leader.
0: And, of course, the Youth Girls' Carnival was coming up a few weeks later. You'd played the year before as part of the Thunder Devils, which was the joint Tasmanian-Northern Territory team. How did you find that uh, being different from being that combined team last year to now just being the territory side this year?
2: It certainly was a whole different experience, um, but I think it was the best thing for the NT. Obviously, it was the next step for us in our development. Um, For us to go forward, I think... Having a separate team um, of just NT girls was the best thing for us and for our development. And it also gave twice the amount of girls a chance to be selected. So we took away 26 girls and every single one of them played in the game. So it was good to give them that exposure at that level and a taste of playing high-level footy. So I think it was a really good move that we got to have our own team Um, because it certainly motivated a lot of the younger girls and given them a taste of what's on offer.
0: And and talking about a taste of things, three completely different games. Uh, One game where you dominated the Woomeras, another game where uh, you were up against the eventual champions for that division, New South Wales ACT, who dominated, and then the other game where you had the close one against Tassie. Yeah,
2: so we kind of had a a bit of everything, you know, the comprehensive win, the close win, and then the... uh, a fairly fairly big loss, but um I think all of them we learned quite a few things out of, and a lot of the girls certainly took a lot of points from um, from all of the games so i mean i'm happy with with our performance um, I think we we really did what the coaching staff um, wanted us to do, and we stuck to to what our team had agreed on and our team structures so uh yes, I think overall it was a pretty good carnival and most of the players were happy with, with how we went,
0: so, yeah, it was quite good. Uh, of course, one thing that we've been chatting to the youth girls coaches is about before the championships, they all said about, obviously, not only trying to win the title, but uh, it was obviously giving everyone a trial to hopefully get drafted in next year's uh, National Women's League, and they talked about rotating players around, so you're not playing your usual spot. Was that tried with you? Were you played in various different positions over those games?
2: Uh, So I play mostly through the midfield with a few stints in the forward line so um, I normally play on the half forward flank at club level but I have also played on the ball so with me it was kind of pretty much the same positions I normally play but I do know that they did try to to rotate um, quite a few of the girls just to show how versatile they are because obviously um, the way women's footy is heading, the more positions you can play, the more attractive you are as a draft prospect. So I think it was really good on the coaches for doing that, for um, certainly taking girls out of their comfort zone and um, possibly unearthing a few new um, champions in a few positions. So I think it was a good move.
0: And, of course, with that experience coaching, what were you getting uh, personally back as feedback from those coaches? What did they want to see you improve on?
2: Uh, yes, yeah, so I think one of the things that they um wanted from me was to really attack the ball more. Um to just get around the stoppages and get in and under and um get the clearance. So um with me I had a few goals going into the the um championships and I mean they did they did play on my mind a fair bit um but I'm pretty happy with with um how i stand with them i think i achieved most of them um certainly a lot of room for improvement but i was quite happy with how i went
0: so and since then of course you would have been just sitting back thinking about this lightning series uh coming up in the northern territory and then you got a phone call from michelle cowan um how, how did all that happen what happened
2: yeah so i was actually on my lunch break at work and um, i only had about 10 minutes left and Yeah, so I got a phone call, and when I answered it, first thing that I heard was, oh, hi, Amy, it's Michelle Cowan here. And as soon as I heard that, the rest was a bit like a blur. I was just in so much shock that Michelle Cowan was ringing me. And, I mean, I thought, why is she ringing me? Um, But, yeah, so as we got on with the conversation, she just said, oh, I'd like to invite you to be part of our Melbourne women's program for our game on the 22nd. Um, So, obviously, I accepted that as quick as I could. But um, yeah, it's probably one of the best days of my life getting that phone call because it's certainly something I've aspired to achieve and to be given that opportunity to play, well, potentially to play alongside some of the best female footballers is um, something I'm really looking forward to as well as just being in that environment, that elite environment with um, obviously some of the most talented players and best coaching staff is something I'm really going to look forward to.
0: So what awaits you for the the week ahead?
2: Uh, Yeah, so flying out on Thursday, um, meeting the team Thursday night. We'll have a light training session, um, a few more training sessions, and then obviously the team will get selected, um, and then the game at the MCG, 10.05am on Sunday the 22nd.
0: And of course, fingers crossed that you do make that final cut and get into that side, but you still have some more football on the cards. We talked about the NT Lightning Series. Um, which Crows squad have you been drafted into for the series?
2: Uh, so I'm in the Crows Blue team. Um, another good initiative by AFL NT to really give our girls some more exposure and Also to keep us match fit because obviously everywhere else around Australia they're in the middle of their season, but with the NT we finished our season a few few months ago, so obviously match fitness is something that a few of the girls could be lacking, so with this new competition it'll certainly help us all get match fit again.
0: And I thank Amy very much for her time and wish her all the very best as she pulls on hopefully the Melbourne jumper to run on the MCG and uh, take on that Queensland side Sunday Sunday. 10.05am. Of course it's being shown live on Fox Footy Channel 504. Make sure you watch that. Now before I go, a little bit of news here from girlsplayfooty.com we're going to be putting up some of our old podcast interviews onto our 24-7 stream. Now normally that stream's only just active uh, when we call our match of the day in the VFL women's competition but what we're doing now is putting up some old interviews on rotation. So anytime you go to girlsplayfooty.com on your PC and just hit play on the flash player or if you download the TuneIn app to your mobile phone or tablet and then search Girls Play Footy, you'll be able to hear 24 hours a day, seven days a week, a whole range of interviews that we've conducted over the last couple of years talking nothing but women's footy. So uh, if you need your women's footy fix, go to our website or search Girls Play Footy on the TuneIn app. And, of course, uh, that wraps up this edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at girlsplayfooty, and for the latest VFL Women's Broadcast schedule to follow us at GPF Radio. I'm Peter Holden. It's been a pleasure having your company, and until next time, it's bye for now.